Go. What's good, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coast to Coast Podcast, Week 17 edition, a.k.a. Garbage Time edition. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with the most absolute biggest blowout I've seen all year. 56 points dropped by the Buffalo Bills on an actually good defense. Um, I mean, you know, a pretty solid defense throughout the entire season. The Miami Dolphins, just an absolute an absolute offensive showcase from mostly the backup um, on the Bills. I mean, you had Matt Barkley out there. You know, tossing touchdowns, throwing dimes. But uh, what do you have to say about this one, Liam? I, I mean, I think one thing that you got to point out here is especially Tua Tagovailoa, especially in a game where Ryan Fitzpatrick's out. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him. He was expected to put up a good fight this game and, you know, prove that he is worth over that fifth overall pick, especially taking over against Herbert, who's going to, you know, end up winning the Offensive Rookie of the Year. But a really bad outing from him in general, just bad to see. But – this Buffalo team continues to impress. Uh, they have my bet for the money line this week to beat Colts. Just such a firepower offense, and I think the defense is going to come around. But Gabriel Davis, two receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Stephon Diggs continues to get receptions. And Isaiah McKenzie coming out of nowhere with two uh, receiving touchdowns and uh, a putt return touchdown. But uh, I think the biggest surprise, Jose and I were talking about this before the podcast, Antonio Williams, 12 carries, 63 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I don't know who this guy was. If you put a gun to my head and told me uh, who he asked me who he is, t- take my life. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, going off of what Liam said, I think, uh, yeah, the Bills look great. I also want to take the money line. I'm a little nervous about the spread just because I think the Colts have been playing uh, pretty well the last couple of weeks, and they do have a, a legit defense as well. They've been looking good like the last few weeks. And also, like, you know, yeah, Allen's been great, but he still hasn't proven anything in the playoffs, so there's that factor as well. But they just look outstanding and look like, you know, we all need uh, Chiefs-Bills. Like, that's the matchup we all need for sure. Um, again, yeah, I was really disappointed in Tua. Um, I like seeing him, like, getting, like, full workload, just letting him, like, go out there. But, I mean, the con was that he really, like, wasn't good at all. He had, like, a 26 QBR um, and just – you know, I think they overachieved as a team this season, but it still is, like, a little weary to see him, you know, not really, like, show too much, uh, you know, too much optimism for next season. You know, I don't know if they're going to keep rolling with him or they're going to look for someone else. They could pull, like, another Josh Rosen with him. We'll see. But I'm still rooting for Tua. Uh, Devontae Parker had a good game. He had 18.6 points. Uh, Gusecki, uh, you know, kind of had a bust again. He followed up two 20-point weeks with two nine-point weeks. Um, and then you guys mentioned the two, you know, weeks, like most typical week 17, like fantasy, like there's a reason why like most leagues don't play on week 17 because you got guys like Isaiah McKenzie and Antonio Williams who no one's heard of going off for, you know, McKenzie dropped 30 points and then Williams, you know, two touchdowns on CR, Austin Singletary weren't even getting that much work. But uh, yeah, the Bills, like in a game where they did, like weren't even playing their starters, the fact that they blew them out this, this much is insane. And I think like, it's, they probably should have even lost them because I think if they would have lost, they probably would have ended up playing them in the playoffs, I think, instead of the Colts. And I would much, much, ra- la- much rather play this team instead of the Colts. Um, so, you know, kind of like worked in as a disadvantage, but just good to see them, you know, the Bills rolling, even with their, you know, second stringers in. Yeah, because I know they had the um, tiebreaker over the Steelers because the Steelers lost, so they would have had the seat. But I mean, I, I think this game finished really early, so there's no way they would have known. I mean, they're not just yeah. going to start letting up 30, 30 points instantly. But, yeah, 
They, they would have loved exactly. to play this team compared to the Colts. Exactly. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I mean, it's like a, they, they won by a lot, but in the end, if they end up losing to the Colts, they could have ultimately screwed themselves. Yeah. But it's still good to like end this season, like, you know, going into the playoffs with well, yeah. you know, a massive win like this yeah. as well. Yeah, at least give them confidence too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the next game, Baltimore defeating Cincinnati 38 to 3, just another absolute blowout from, you know, a legit playoff team against a just a non non irrelevant team at this point. Um, you know, Brandon Allen with 48 yards and two picks, just stat line of the year, QBR of 3. Um, but yeah, Dobbins, of zero. <laughs> Dobbins with a massive game. Um, Pretty much just, you know, the show on this game. What do you guys have to say about this one? Um, I'll start off since the game went last time. Uh, the Ravens, like, this is what they do. Like, you know, they beat up on terrible teams. Like, this is, like, no surprise. Um, you know, and, I mean, we'll go to the Bengals real quick. Yeah, just an absolute, like, shit show. I mean, coming off of 371 yards last week, I mean, Allen goes, like, 48 yards. Dropping negative 1.88 fantasy points. Uh, no one had more than three catches or or nine fantasy points. Um, and then as for the Ravens, uh, you know, Dobbins went off, Lamar, and then Hollywood Brown as well. They were all over 20 points. Uh, everyone else was kind of uh, lackluster, but Dobbins, you know, really gaining a lot of a lot of draft stock for next year for sure. Um, and then you know, Lamar only 113 passing yards, but still dropping 24 points because he had three passing touchdowns and. 90 on the ground, and then Hollywood Brown, uh, you know, catching two touchdown passes. So, yeah, Ravens, this is what they do, man. They beat up on the bad teams, you know, and we'll see how they do in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to say on Cincinnati's side. I mean, T. Higgins was held without a catch. Uh, Tyler Boyd was, uh, had one catch for one yard and then an 11-yard rush. Those two guys, I think, with Joe Burrow, hopefully coming back nice and healthy next season at the start, they should be, you know, back up there in fancy value and, don't forget Joe Mixon. I expect Joe Mixon is going to fall in drafts since he's been out for so long and his name hasn't been yeah. talked about. I mean, like you said, you'll see guys like Dobbins probably take a leap over him, which won't surprise me because Dobbins has really showed out. He's been a touchdown scorer, I think, in the last, like, six weeks, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I think for this team, they had the most intriguing playoff matchup. You know, you got Derrick Henry matching up against the Baltimore Ravens, who we remember last time they played, Derrick Henry went out of his mind, you know, made Earl Thomas his lead blocker, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, this Ravens defense is much improved now. Uh, they got Patrick Queen, who's a stud linebacker out of LSU. Um, and I think someone, you know, along the lines of uh, Calais Campbell should be good at run stopping, you know, a big force uh, should be able to hopefully limit Derrick Henry's abilities. But when it comes down to it, uh, Derrick Henry's a matchup nightmare. And you hope that this Baltimore team can be able to pick apart a really bad Tennessee defense who's been terrible against the pass and the rush this year. So expect, you know, it's probably going to be a shootout. I would expect that this Tennessee offense is going to be one that's hard to stop regardless. And I did take uh, Tennessee money line is, a, you know, just the one to see. Cause I think that uh, when it comes down to it, I don't know if this team has enough yet. I think they're still missing, you know, a wide receiver option. I mean, when, cause um, you know, as good as that secondary is, I mean, isn't for the, um, Tennessee Titans, they do have some speedsters at corners who should be able to slow down the big playability of Marquise Brown. So uh, it's all going to come down to the run game, what I think is going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, for both teams, pretty much. Um, yeah, the run game is going to determine. But uh, moving on to, to um, our AFC North matchup, Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Cleveland 
barely edging this one out by two points. Um, you know, what a great season for them. 11 wins uh, tallied. I mean, it, it was pretty much dumb. I think the Steelers had already locked up the division after this, before this game. So they benched Roethlisberger. But what do you have to say about this one, Liam? I mean, yeah, you know, you see no TJ Watt, no Cameron Haywood. And it, the Cleveland just, you know, was able to get away. You know, a really close win, though. I mean, Baker Mayfield uh, had that QB run there at the end. I was able to seal it, you know. I was really happy to see, you know, Cleveland finally make it, you know, just a couple years removed from being the worst team in football, the worst tied for the worst record of all time. But um, it's going to be interesting. You know, they're matching up again next week. And uh, I think a lot of people think that Cleveland's, you know, not going to do it, you know, would make sense though. Cause we haven't seen, you know, this full strength Pittsburgh team go against, I mean, they didn't win against the Browns earlier in the year and beat them, but you know, it'll be interesting to see with, you know, TJ Watt out there, be wrecking havoc on that offensive line. And I know Wyatt Teller, their star guard, uh, Pro Bowl guard this year is out for Cleveland this week. And, um, you know, without, you know, such receiving talent, it's going to be heavy on this run game to see who's going to be able to come out into the victory. Yeah, definitely. I still like the Steelers just because, uh, you know, Ben's got the experience, Tomlin. They've been there before and the Browns, you know, they haven't. Um, this is like, you know, it's crazy because this literally could have been like the Browns, like worst nightmare. They literally almost like, I mean, a few weeks ago, it seemed like they were in prime position for like the first uh, wild card spot. And then, you know, this week they like literally had to win or else they were not going to make the playoffs. So good for them, you know, barely, barely, barely pulling it out, but they finally got it done. Chubb uh, had a solid game with 16.8 points. He capped off like a great like second half of the season. Uh, he didn't have anything less than double-digit fantasy points from, like, week 10 on. So, he's been an amazing second-half player. Uh, Jarvis with, like, a typical Jarvis game. He's, like, five for 51. Uh, got lucky with, like, a rushing touchdown, though, which kind of helped. And then Hunt uh, was kind of a bust as well. Only had five points. Um, I'm actually surprised, like, you mentioned all the guys at the Steelers sat. I'm surprised they didn't sit their receivers. Um You know, Claypool, Johnson, and Juju, all three of them played, and they all, like, played most of the game. Uh, Claypool was like the best one out of the three at five for 101 a touchdown um, and yeah I'm just surprised they play but uh, I still I think I like Claypool the most looking towards next season uh, I think I like Claypool the most out of all three of those guys I think uh, you know I don't know where they're going to be in the rankings because I think all three of them are, are very very you know close they seem to put up like especially the second half they've been like very close in, uh, in points but I think I like Claypool the most just like Deontay is very you know, very boomer bust. Um, and Juju kind of has like a kind of has a low ceiling. Um, so I like Claypool the most. But yeah, I'm excited for I'm just excited to see the Browns in the playoffs. I want to see like what happens. I don't know if like Baker's gonna choke or they're gonna be competitive. I have no idea what how they're gonna play. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for like probably what one of the most exciting games uh for wildcard weekend is this one. And I hope they stick to the, the you know the game plan that they've created their entire year and not, you know veer away from it like we've seen them do because I think it just it works for them when they when they stick to their run game and they and they use that to spread you know their receivers out that works for them especially against um the Steelers secondary but yeah don't make Baker do too much like bare minimum just get get Chubb going get Hunt you know some catches out the backfield let him run the ball a bit exactly yeah I think don't let Baker mess it up I'm tricking right now I don't know I think Denzel Ward has been injured recently. Hopefully he can be back for this game. Uh, maybe he's back. I don't know. 
But I know that if he's back, that's going to help because that Cleveland secondary is god awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad secondaries, moving on to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, absolute slaughter of the Atlanta Falcons, 44 to 27. Uh, Tom Brady and a yard short of 400 through the air. Um, you know, this offense just seems to be clicking on all cylinders. I mean, through the air, on the ground. It seems like they can pretty much, you know, give it to you however you want it. But, um, you know, Tom Brady been been clicking these past few weeks. What do you have to say about this one, Carson? Uh, yeah, I mean, you said Brady, he went freaking nuclear, dropped another 30-point game. Um, it's usually been Mike Evans and Gronk getting the, you know, receiving touchdowns uh, this year. But, you know, this week, you know, A.B. and Godwin, it was their, you know, their turn to shine. Both of them went absolutely insane. A.B., you know, got that bonus. That was, you know, that was so clutch by Brady to do that for him. But, uh, you know, dropped a vintage A.B. game. I mean, 11 catches, 138 yards, two touchdowns, 38 points. You know, monster, monster game. And then Godwin as well, you know, doing what he was doing a lot last season with Winston, you know, five catches, 133, 133 yards and two touchdowns. He dropped 30 points. Um, besides those two and, and Brady, no one else really did that much, but they didn't have to because they blew the Falcons out. Um, the Falcons, we don't really have to talk about them too much. I mean, Russell Gage had a nice game, 25 points. Besides that, not really anything. But, yeah, you guys mentioned it. Like, the Bucks, they look really, really scary. Their defense is legit. They have so many weapons. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to see, see where they go because they, like, if they make the Super Bowl, I would not be surprised. Like, like they, yeah. have, they have the talent. There's a lot of people skeptical whether or not Washington uh, has a chance against them. I really don't see any chance. I, I think this team's so high-powered. Looking at it, you got like four Pro Bowl-level receivers on your team with Gronk. You know, he's had some flashes of that. And then obviously Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Brown. But then, um, yeah, I think it's just unstoppable. I mean, especially with that backfield, Leonard uh, Fournette also, you know, tends to go off every once in a while. And Ronald Jones is almost in a 1,000-yard rusher this season if he was healthy. But uh, taking a look at Atlanta, uh, going into the next season, I think, you know, we'll dive into this, obviously, in later episodes. But Todd Gurley, I, I would not consider him at all. Maybe even in the last round, I wouldn't even consider him. Like, I, I don't think he's going to have any value next year. It, uh, they're probably going to cut him this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, on this Falcons team, though, it's going to be interesting to see the future uh, going into the um, offseason. I know they got to fire – I mean, they got to hire a new head coach. And to see where uh, – Julio Jones goes, you know, is Julio Jones going to stick around in Atlanta? Uh, is he going to be traded or is he going to retire? Is he going to pull Calvin Johnson? Uh, I think if he does go, someone like Russell Gage could be, you know, a breakout candidate next year alongside Calvin Ridley. So something interesting to point out, uh, but we'll dive, in, dive into in later episodes. The Bucks, if you can get them at minus 10 or below, take that, please, because I really feel like the Bucks, and especially their money line, throw their money line in any parlays because I think – you know, knock on wood, but I think this this is seems like the easiest, uh, you know, pick on. This is like the most, you know, logical one where it's like, you know, if the Bucks lose, it's like holy crap, like what the heck? Like every other, like every other game, you know, I can like, you know, see one side or the other. I can I can take arguments. I can't see any way that the football team is gonna beat this Bucks team, especially the way they've been playing recently. Like, you know, that them put put the put the house on the Bucks. Yeah, they're a great story though. Obviously, Alex Smith, you know, is great, but yes, is yeah, no discredit to them, but what Alex Smith? No, no, yeah, no discredit to the football team, but yeah, come on. But is he back? I think he's back. I think he's supposed to be playing this week. Dude, that's yeah, crazy. He's start. starting in a playoff game, his first season back. That's yeah, insane. and that's then incredible. if he wins that game, 
I mean, he's got be one. I'll tune into it for a little bit. If it's a blog, I'm not watching. I think they're like, I think they're an OC and a Jimmy Garoppolo away from like a real playoff run. I think they got to trade up their quarterback. If there's a team that's, you know, in the top five that, you know, is not, is not going to go quarterback and looking to trade down, they should look into it because I think they can, you know, maybe trade one of their defensive line pieces, you know, not, Maybe, probably not, obviously not Chase Young, probably not Jonathan Allen, but if you know, you can maybe get one of them. Uh, I think a quarterback is extremely valuable, you know, to see someone like if Terry McLaurin gets a quarterback this offseason, he's my wide receiver one next year, 100%. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Green Bay Packers defeating the Chicago Bears, uh, 35 to 16. I mean, another offense that just seemed to be clicking, um, you know. At the right time, Aaron Rodgers with a casual four touchdowns and only five incompletions, which is insane to even say. But um, what do you have to say about this one, Liam? I mean, just absolutely crazy. Aaron Rodgers, you know, the story this year. Some people were saying Jordan Love was the most valuable draft pick because it just sparked this fire in this guy. You know, how like people, all these reports coming out of Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers was so upset that they had drafted this guy. And then, you know, to go out and draft A.J. Dillon instead of drafting a wide receiver. But, you know, I think Jordan Love obviously hasn't put any on-field, you know, value. But I think A.J. Dillon is going to be someone that going into next season, especially if Aaron Jones gets let go uh, with his last game performance. But just looking at this game, though, um, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, you know, the deep threat himself, two receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. But spreading the wealth, Devontae Adams got a touchdown, Tunyon got a touchdown, and Dominique Daphne got a touchdown. But um, – you know, despite this loss, though, the uh, the Bears will be playing the Saints uh, in the wild card round this weekend. will be interesting because uh team, the Saints, notoriously known for their uh, playoff woes. You know, maybe not by their fault. You know, some bad calls. We'll yeah, see Bears how that goes. Do, exactly. You know, the double do- the doinker. So, we'll see. I think this this Packers team, though, has a lot of promise. But it's going to take some – it's going to to see some good playoff performances by them uh, in that first – uh, divisional round if I'm going to have faith in them winning the Super Bowl because they still year in, year out, there's always something going wrong and they still have to prove that this run defense is uh, much more improved. Yeah, I mean the Packers, like, you know, getting the, winning another ring for Rodgers, it's all going to be on their defense because, you know, we know what Rodgers can do, uh, you know, in the playoffs, you know, he's, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, so it's really just going to be on how well their defense is going to play. Um because, you know, I think like the Bucs, I mean, they're just clicking so well on offense and you have, you know, such an elite quarterback and elite receiver, um, you know, just their offense is crazy. Um, so it's, you know, they're especially, of course, their run defense really, really um, has to hunker down uh, for them to, you know, make a run. But for the Bears, I don't know. I, I don't really have any. Uh, and also the Packers just absolutely own the Bears. It feels like it seems like the last like three years they've like beaten them every time. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much stock in the uh, the Bears against the uh, the Saints, even though the Saints, like, you know, Breeze has been, you know, on and off. He's been showing his age. Um, I still just, like, I still can't take the Bears. I, I can't, like, put money on them. Like, uh, uh, Trubisky and the Bears were, like, a huge, like, betting favorite uh, this week just because, you know, they felt like the Packers would take it off. And, of course, you know, Trubisky, like, typical Trubisky, uh, you know, lost people their money. But I don't know. I just don't have any stock. Um Let's see. 
I mean, Montgomery's still uh, speaking of stock. He's another guy like Dobbins that, you know, next year is going to get a lot, a lot of hype just because of how he finished the season. Um, Mooney as well. I mean, Mooney, 11 catches. I know that's someone that Liam uh, really, really loved. Um, and he's a deep, deep sleeper for sure. But yeah, Packers. I, honestly, I said the Saints. I kind of, now I kind of think I need Packers Bucks. Packers Bucks, Chiefs Bills. Like, I'd be chill with that. That'd be dope. I know I bet on Seattle for my money line in my bet, but I want to see the Rams go against the Packers so bad. I need to see Jalen Ramsey versus uh, Devonta Adams. I feel like that'd be a great matchup to see one of the most physical corners we've seen in so long. And he's one of the best corners in the league this year, especially go against uh, the most unguardable player uh, this season next to Diggs. And home field that advantage is going to be crucial. Yeah. But, um, yeah, shout-out to Montgomery on a, on a strong finish to his season. Um, definitely raising his stock for next year. And don't forget, yeah. Tariq Cohen's going to be back, so he might steal a lot of those backfield receptions. So, so I something. totally forgot about him, to be honest. True, true. He was a PPR master a few years ago. Yeah. Nice. In, in his day, he was a <laughs> yeah. monster. Uh, moving on to the Colts, defeating the Jaguars 28-14. to Um you know, John, is this Jonathan Taylor or is this Derrick Henry at this point? I mean, 30 carries, you know, over 250 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, it seems like anyone can just run for 200 yards on the on the Jags at this point. But, uh, yeah, one of, one of my most, you know, hyped up players for next year, I'm definitely putting so much stock in him. Um, what do you have to say about this one, Liam? Yeah, I mean, like you are saying, I think Jonathan Taylor has been one of the rookie running backs since he showed out. I mean, it's no surprise to me at Wisconsin. He was uh, arguably one of the best backs in that school's history, you know, given that they had Melvin Gordon, who almost won a Heisman there. Pretty crazy to see. But uh, it'll also be interesting to see how that works. You know, is Naheem Hines going to come back? Is Marlon Mack, you know, he's still a, a, he's a pending free agent this offseason. I expect him to go to another team, probably like the Jets. You know, the Jets are going to waste – probably going to go to a pick like Travis Etienne or something. They're going to go something more safe like Marlon Mack, who's been a thousand yard rusher in the past. But um, some people for this Indianapolis Colts team that I'm looking forward to in the future, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Micah Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. You know, I expect him yeah. to, you know, start to break out. You know, he had a showed a lot of promise in USC and he does have, he had a really good game this year. I, I think it was against the Packers uh, if I recall, but um, I don't know if I have too much faith in this team in the playoffs. I think it's all going to run in their defense. Uh, I mean, they're going against the bills. So, if DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard and those boys and, you know, Kenny Moore, who's been the interception guy for them, can, can go out there and stop the Bills, uh, it'll be an interesting game, but one that I'll be zooming into. But, uh, yeah, Carson. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued um, to see what they do against the Bills. I can easily see the Bills, like, blowing them out, but I can also easily see Indianapolis just, like, chewing up clock. I think uh, this team is – you, you mentioned Henry. They're very, very similar to last year's Titans team where, uh, you know, quarterbacks like, okay, you know, but it's really they're going to win on their defense and their running game, just keeping the ball away from, uh, you know, the other team. Um, you know, Taylor, just like what a weird season. I mean, this guy was like practically almost benched like halfway through the season. Like, I mean, you know, Hines, uh, I forgot they had like this uh, Wilkins, like they were getting Jordan a home run. Yeah, like it was just so weird. And, he, you know, he had a lot of hype or – yeah, solid amount of hype coming in. Uh, you know, it was decent in the beginning, then just roller coaster season for him, but good to see him ending it on just a monster, monster note. Um, thousand yard season. Crazy. And he finished third overall rushing. That's what the heck? 
ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it's a crazy season for him. Um, Rivers, I have like I don't know what's like. That's the thing. I don't know what he's gonna do. I could see him absolutely just being annihilated by the Bills defense. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, good win. Hey, good win for the Colts and the Jags. I mean, they're so uninteresting. No one really did anything. But you know, let's see what Trevor can do. Or Fields. Or Fields. <laughs> it's not gonna be Fields. I, I love Fields, I but Trevor's gonna be good. Yeah, it's, it's gonna raise gonna the stock of Chanel. It's gonna raise the stock of James Robinson and Chark. Uh, something interesting to see. Those guys are probably going to get overdrafted, honestly. Yeah, it's going to depend on who their coach is, though. I mean, I know Urban Meyer's one that's been a hot name. I've been watching a lot of videos talking about who they think is going to be there. I know uh, – I forgot the name of him, but the Bills' uh, offensive coordinator is a really hot name right now. And then, I mean, they're not going to get Salah. Salah's going to go to, like, the Lions or something like that. So. Can we'll Salah stay on the Niners, please? Uh, we don't need him <laughs> going anywhere. I'd love him to stay, but – Can I we get him in the Cowboys, yeah. please? Yeah, y'all could oh, use God. them. Oh, God. That suck. Um, moving on to a really weird NFC West matchup. Um, I mean, the Rams pretty much had to win this game. Uh, their backs against the wall, 18-7. to um, But really just a weird win. I mean, they had both had their backup QBs playing. It's just a weird win for the Rams here. What Do you guys, do you guys have anything to say about this game? Carson? Just a disappointing, like, win or go home game. I mean, I think – you know, I don't know if this was the only winner. I think it was like the only winner go home game uh, for like both teams. And just like, uh, just weird. Like, you know, you want to see like a much more competitive uh, game. I mean, obviously Goff and then Murray's, they're like both injured. But yeah, just like a massive, massive letdown. Like, you know, and I, so so much of a letdown, I don't even really want to talk about it that much, yeah. honestly. I watched this entire game, sadly enough. And uh it was just really sad because I put money on Cardinals to win because, you know, I thought with John Wolford starting and the way he started the game with that interception that eventually uh, led to a touchdown scored, it really hurt that Kyler Murray ended up getting hurt in that first drive. really hurt me. But um, this is going to be an interesting Rams team going to the playoffs. You know, I've heard a lot about how deadly they can be, but I think this offense is still skeptical because Jared Goff's had a lot of woes in the recent weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, good to see that they had two ten sack uh, plus sack guys on their defense. Um, what's his name? Leonard Floyd, you know, came from Chicago. Uh, he was cut by the team and then ended up playing better than uh, his replacement, Robert Quinn, which is funny enough. But, you know, with Aaron Donald, uh, nothing's impossible. One of the, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Seattle O-line, that's been one that struggled for years, can handle Aaron Donald because Russell Wilson is going to be running around like a madman. And especially with that secondary who has been, you know, the Baltimore secondary of last year, with Jalen Ramsey, with John Johnson, with Darius Williams, with Troy Hill, who's had two pick sixes this year. Um, the, Seattle's going to have their work cut out for them and uh, will be definitely a game I tune into this weekend. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Seattle, we're going to go ahead and move on to their win over the 49ers, 26-23, to 23, just, you know, an edge win here. Jeff Wilson with a pretty solid game. I mean, is he, is he guys' like starter going forward now? I mean, I need most just whoever's healthy, dude. Whoever's healthy. Um, but yeah, not. I mean, not a great performance from really anyone on the on the Seahawks aside from Tyler Lockett. You know, having a one of his vintage performances from beginning in the season. Um, but yeah, I'm just really not excited for this Seahawks team in the playoffs. Like I have been in the past. I mean, they they did win 12 games, but I just feel like they don't have it this year. 
Yeah, it all lies on the hands of uh, the health for this team. I know Jamal Adams uh, has been one that's questionable uh, to return for this weekend. You know, hopefully they have him because, you know, his presence is one that is really felt on this Seahawks defense. And as him and Carlos Dunlap have been a reason why they've had this midseason turnaround as their defense. But uh, going into the next season, it's going to be interesting to see uh, where DK and Tyler find themselves. You know, at one point in the year, they were ranked um, – I think Tyler Lockett was ranked number one wide receiver and DK was ranked number four. I think this was following Tyler Lockett's big game against Arizona. But um, yeah, like you said, there's not too much hype around the Seattle team at the beginning of the year. This offense was firepower. I mean, I know DK Metcalf uh, still broke Steve Largent's uh, Seahawks franchise record for most receiving yards in a season. And Tyler Lockett broke the re- receptions in a season. But I know just a really poor finish for this offense. And now this defense is the one that somehow find their way uh, in the headlines is the better part of this team. But uh, we'll be it's going to be how things go. Uh, whoever gets lucky in the Seattle Rams game for me. Yeah, definitely. It's like whoever's defense is going to step up the most. Um, yeah, the Seahawks are just yeah, really weird because, you know, their defense was terrible. And at the beginning of the season, their offense was great. And now their offense has just looked really, really lackluster and boring and their defense not even really great. I mean, they're much better than they were at the beginning of the season, but not like the great, you know, defense of the Legion of Boom days, you know. So just a just a weird team. I still it's just so hard for me to bet against them just because of Russ and like we all know what you know Russ can just take over a game and uh, you know win in crunch time. Um, but they just do not look good. And yeah, I just don't really feel like it's their year as well. It's just still gonna be hard for me to bet against them just because of Russ, even though I don't really like them that much at all um, as a contender. Mm-hmm. And I think this San Fran team has a lot of questions to answer in the offseason. You know, what are they going to do at quarterback? I know a lot of people, there's a mixed uh, emotions amongst at least the 49ers fan base. Do we trust Garoppolo to lead this team back to, you know, where we found ourselves in the Super Bowl last year? Or, do you know, are we going to go Zach Wilson? I, I think Zach Wilson's going to be one that we have to trade up to get. So are we willing, you know, to give up assets to get a quarterback? Um It'll be interesting to see, you know, and also health has really screwed us this year, you know, with Nick Bosa returning next year and, um, you know, getting George Kittle back at full strength and Mostert in this run game. Hopefully we can get back to, you know, being uh, fighting for the top of this division. But, you know, a good season from Fred Warner. I know Carson, I've been happy about this. He should find himself in the all pro first team. He's been absolute dominant, you know, in the run game, in the pass game, one of the most versatile middle linebackers in this league. But, um, yeah, um, hopefully this 49ers team, you know, can see Brandon Ayuk break out next year uh, if, you know, he's able to stay healthy, him and Debo. But, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting season with a lot of up and downs. But, I mean, as a 49ers fan, I just want to have faith that these guys can get back to that Super Bowl form. Yeah, I'm just glad the season's over so our guys can rest, man. Like, just, just rest. Yeah, moving on to an absolute thriller the Tennessee Titans taking this game away from uh, the Houston Texans with seconds to go with rookies, rookie kicker Samuel Sloman, who was cut earlier in the season by the Rams, um, nailing a doink that went in this time. Just <laughs> what a game. Um, you know, A.J. Brown with that with that catch to put them in position. Um, what do you have to say about this one, Liam? Yeah, I mean, I originally taken the minus seven and a half uh, spread. I think this was a bad choice for me, especially with uh, Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt just being, you know, the players they are right here. Brandon Cooks, though, an absolutely monster game. 
his value will definitely decrease, you know, if Will Fuller does find his way back on the team next season. Uh, but still, 11 receptions, 166 yards, and two touchdowns. I believe he secured himself, uh, yeah, as wide receiver one and the overall number one player in fantasy this week. But, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, 365 yards, three touchdowns, interception. He finds himself as the league leader in um, passing yards this season. But, no, David Johnson, they end up coming back and having a pretty solid, I think, final three games, you know, getting a lot of receiving work out there and scoring some touchdowns. But, you know, someone that maybe I'll look into as a deep flex next season. But uh, A.J. Brown, though, love to see the way this boy plays. Uh, him and McLaurin, I I got crushes on these boys for next season. Hopefully they come out there. Pause. But, uh, you know, 10 receptions, 151 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just absolutely uh Great game from him. And then Derrick Henry, Mr. 2K himself. Yeah, I second Liam. I'm an A.J. Brown stand for sure. Uh, he's been incredible this year. Um, just poor Watson, man. Um, I'm really interested. Like, I, I kind of want the Texans to just, like, blow it up. Um, I mean, J.J. Watt literally said it. Like, if you guys saw that clip, he's like, We're, we wasted one of your years. Um, and that's a fact. I mean, it's just so sad to see someone – this talented and this elite. I mean, he literally led the league in passing yards. We'll get to that in a sec. Um, and they're going four and 12. And it just feels like there's really no, just no like hope at all. I mean, they're not even getting their picks. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, just trade Watson, you know, you're going to get an insane package for him. Um, you're going to get a ton of picks, you know, maybe some play. You, you're going to get the, you know, you can get a whole team for Watson. That's how good he is. Um, you know, so I just want to see them blow it up. I just really want to see Watson on a contender uh, and, you know, getting deep in the playoffs. And then, yeah, the Titans, you know, Tannehill was whatever. Um, but, yeah, just Henry and Brown, just monsters. Freaking monsters, bro. Yeah, Henry, I know. He, like, owns real estate in the te- like in oh, the Texans organization. He owns – I think I saw a stat. He would have been ninth in the league in rushing with a 1000 something yards if he only played the <laughs> NFC South. The, only the <laughs> NFC South. Because he had like three 200 yard games against the NFC South, which he is he owns that division, bro. It's ridiculous. But Rip. no, uh, I was gonna go off what you're saying about Watson. Uh, I saw something that he actually is not be able to get traded this offseason because his cap hit's too high, so the penalty wouldn't work out there. So he won't have to stick yeah. it out another year in Houston. And you know, they would have had a third overall pick. Imagine what they could have gotten with that they could have gotten their DeAndre Hopkins replacement with either Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. So just think about that. Wait, can Watson be traded like at the deadline, or does he have to put, like go a whole another season? I, I have no idea. I just know this off season he can't get traded because his cap hits too gotcha. high and they're too deep in the cap. But I know they got. Uh, I mean, I think you guys all saw that tweet. Uh, Deshaun Watson was, you know, crypto tweeting about the Texans' new hire at uh, general manager, uh, another Patriot. Um, their, I believe, their assistant general manager, obviously Bill O'Brien, yeah. was uh, came from the <laughs> Belichick tree, but. Let's see how this GM handles this nasty situation here in Houston. Yeah. Moving on to another nasty situation. Washington (laughs) beating the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles to win the NFC least with a negative record. Seven and nine for a first place team. I mean, Jalen, even Jalen Hurts getting benched for Modesto native represent Nate Sudfeld. Oh, let's go. Um, But yeah, just what a, what an absolute like shame for the for the Eagles this game like just disgusting football. I mean, after after playing so you know pretty well the past few weeks, like two or three weeks from Jalen Hurts, and just getting benched like that um, and losing to Washington, just 
no words. No words at this point. Like, what more can you expect from the Eagles? Carson, anything? Hey, man, don't, don't take anything for granted. Like, this team literally won the Super Bowl, like, three years ago. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, Yeah, just I'm shameful the fact that, like – No, but, like – yeah, the fact that, you know, it was just shameful, the fact that they were, like, blatantly take, tanking on live television, like, on, uh, you know, primetime, uh, just insane. Um, yeah, just terrible, bro. I really would have loved if there were fans in the stands because the Philly fans would have absolutely turned on this team. It would have been pandemonium. I, they probably would have been chanting, you know, Washington, they would have been, you know, throwing everyone's throwing stuff out on the field. It would have been insane because this was just like a disgrace to the organization, the fans, the city, like ridiculous, bro. Yeah, especially seeing how Nate Sudfeld played. I mean, he wasn't doing anything out there. I mean, I watching that final drive, he was throwing checkdowns when they had to get down the field. Just embarrassing. Yeah. But I want to I want to know the odds if you bet that uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside would be their leading receiver. I want to know how much money you'd make. <laughs> but um, this team definitely is going to uh, blow up this blow up this offseason. You know, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz. I know Jason Kelsey. All three of them. There's a big viral. You know, pictures of them sitting down the link uh, at the end of the game. You know, late till like 1 a.m. Just talking. But you know, you know the magic that this team had. You know, back when Nick Foles was leading drives against Tom Brady. Um, there's, there's no longer, you know, hopefully Jalen Hurts, you know, can go into this off season. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Doug Peterson's definitely on the hot seat. He's one of the coaches in this league. So a lot of questions to answer in Philadelphia. And if Washington would have lost this game, who would have won the division? Because there would have been six, the Giants. Three, six, six and 10. Yeah, yeah, the Giants. The Giants they had the tiebreak. players were pissed. That was so funny on Twitter. Oh, yeah. It was oh, like God. Eli Manning was tweeting at it. Like all yeah, everyone was yeah, getting into it. That's so oh. what, what a division, man. What a story for this division. Crazy, bro. I can't, like, I can't believe it's actually like a real division. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid that they, they, should, they still let them in. Like, even though they won their division, I think it should just be like the best records. And they get to host a playoff game. They exactly. get to host. Exactly. But Wild, bro. Moving on here to our fantasy team of the week, the final team of the week for week 17. Starting off, Mr. Hair Don't Fit in the Frame, Cam Newton. <laughs> and our RB1 this week, JT, Jonathan Taylor, 38 points. Derrick Henry with, you know, a usual, usual Derrick Henry game, 35 Brandon Cooks putting damn near 40 on the board. Marvin Jones uh, putting another 30, 38 point game. Well, not another, but another, you know, another monster game. Um, Darren Waller, you know, not new to this week at all, but not new to the team of the week, but uh, 26.7. And Antonio Brown, a little throwback for the boy, 36.8. The Rams defense, you know, doing what they do, pretty much won the game for them. But uh, yeah, and then. Fairbairn, 17 points for a total of 290.98. That's a lot for week 17. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very AFC heavy, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Dive into some stat leaders in that team of the year. Does they take it away? You got the notes pulled up? Hold up. No, I don't. 
Okay, then I'll take it. All right. So show. you got the fancy team of the year, but I'll take so the end of the stat leaders just wanted to, you know, throw these out there. You know, not too too relevant to fantasy, but overall in the NFL, just some things to point out here. Uh for passing yards, as mentioned earlier, Deshaun Watson with four thousand eight hundred and twenty three. Absolute crazy season for him. You know, really electric in these last few weeks. Uh, that's what's gotten there. Passing touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers, 48 touchdowns. You know, just a great season from him. His career high, which is crazy to see this late in his career. Uh, total touchdowns again, Aaron Rodgers with 51. He had also added three rushing on the ground. Uh, rushing t- yards, though, Derrick Henry, 2,027. I think it's the fourth highest of all time, something along that line. I mean, he also added a lot of – he added some decent scrimmage yards in there too. Uh, overall, rushing TDs, Derrick Henry was 17. Uh, back-to-back seasons leading with rushing yards and rushing TDs. Uh, in yards per carry, though, J.K. Dobbins uh, came on early late in the year and averaged six yards a carry. Uh, receiving yards, uh, Jose's boy himself, Stephon Diggs, 1,535 receiving yards for the former Vikings receiver. Uh, receiving TDs, though, did go to Devontae Adams. Um, absolute stud this year. Uh, receptions, again, Stephon Diggs, 127, which, you know, equates to 127 points just in PPR in general, which, you know, yes. would put you would put you as like tight end five or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tackles, though, Zach Cunningham of the Texans, uh, not too big of a stat to look at, but uh, sacks and TFLs did go to TJ Watt, 15 sacks. And 26 TFLs uh, led the league, obviously, in both. Uh, interesting to see. He will probably run away with his defensive player of the year uh, due to fatigue, you know, with Aaron Donald. But uh, interceptions, though, Xavier Howard with 10. Uh, definitely going to find himself on that all-pro first team. But, yeah, without further ado, we'll take a look at the fantasy team of the year brought to you by Jose. Man, shout out, Jose, bro. You dropped, like, a 40-point triple double with this with this graphic hey but leading off we got my boy josh allen valley native 46 total touchdowns on the season surpassing 4500 yards through the air um for an average of 24.75 points a game um at rb1 we've got alvin Kamara, 21 total touchdowns and 1688 yards from scrimmage for an average of over 25 points a game rb2 we got dalvin cook uh with 17 total touchdowns 19 100 scrimmage yards and 24.13 average yards per game. A wide receiver one, Devontae Adams, 18 total touchdowns and 1374 uh, receiving yards for an average of 25.6 fantasy points a week. And Tyreek Hill as our wide receiver two, 17 total touchdowns and 1399 scrimmage yards for an average of 21.93 fantasy points. And uh, tight end Travis Kelsey, I mean, He's basically a wide receiver one, having more yards than Tyreek Hill uh, at 1420 and 12 total touchdowns. Uh, and then Derrick Henry, just Mr. 2K himself, 17 total touchdowns with 2141 scrimmage yards and, 20, and for an average of 20.8 fantasy points. And then obviously the defense, um, we got the Rams at uh, with 22 forced turnovers, 53 sacks and four touchdowns. And then the kicker of the year, Jason Sanders with 92.3% field goal um, and 144 fantasy points scored total. Um, or points scored, but for a total of 169 fantasy points, an average of 10.5 per game. Sheesh. 
Yeah, my roommate actually went to a Jeez. kicking camp with Jason Sanders. That's his boy. So he always, he always mentions he always mentions that when he does well. He wasn't as hype as Koo, but he was so consistent all year. He was like yeah. just a guaranteed think, like 10, 15 points. Yeah, he was uh I think number one or tied for number one with uh 92.3 field goal percentage and then hundred percent of extra points. So this boy was automatic out here, especially automatic. for a kicker. Yeah. And then tied for point scored as well, 144. But yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Coast to Coast Podcast. We'll see you pretty soon for our um, playoff edition of the podcast. But this is Jose signing out. Peace.